0: Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas and this is my mama's podcast and and here she is. Today's episode is sponsored by hypnobirthingbuddy.com. Hypnobirthing is a birthing method that uses affirmations and relaxation techniques to help a woman feel physically, mentally, and spiritually prepared and reduces her awareness of fear, anxiety, and pain during childbirth. Hypnobirthing is a technique that both you and your partner can use to feel empowered, confident, and prepared for the birth of your baby. So head to hypnobirthingbuddy.com ...to sign up today for your one-to-one course for 15% off. Just mention the 9 Months Podcast and Lucia, who I'm about to interview for this episode as well. She will give you your 15% discount on the price of your course. So, go ahead and head to hypnobirthingbody.com In today's episode we hear from Lucy... Lucy is the founder of hypnobirthingbuddy.com, which is today's episode's sponsor. Lucy is Czech. And she has been living in the UK for many years. She's now back in the Czech Republic though, but her birth story took place in the UK. Lucy has two children, Freya and Harry, but today we are just going to focus on Freya's birth. I'm pretty sure we will get some time later on and record Harry's birth story as well. But uh, for today, we're going to hear Freya's story and... Lucy's going to share with us how she used her hypnobirthing knowledge to, to ease her birth process with Freya. And also, we will get the perspective of a Czech woman living abroad and giving birth in a culture that was not her native as well. So, with all that said, I hope you guys enjoy this birth story. Are you ready? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm ready. Great. I haven't. Hold on, I haven't. I haven't told the story for so long. I was just trying to tell the story to Freya while she was in the bath, and she just made it sound, "Mummy, it was like a going down the slide when she was coming out," and I was like, "Yeah, that's just how it was."
0: <laughs> like she remembers, right? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So funny. Yeah,
0: oh, that's great. Okay, yeah, ready. Okay, ready. All right. So, hi, Lucy, and welcome to the Nine Months podcast.
1: Oh, hi Lisa. Hi,
0: (laughs) thank you for trusting me with your story
1: today. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, do you want to start by introducing yourself and who's in your family and where in the world you guys are at?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm Lucy and I was born in the Czech Republic and then I spent um, about 20 years in the UK. So both of my babies were born in the United Kingdom uh, we decided to move over to Prague um, last December, or the December before, 2019. And uh, we've been here ever since. So I have uh, two children, Freya and Harry, who they are six and four. And then I also have a stepdaughter who's 21 now. And then I have a husband called Andrew. Great. Super. That's it. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's the crew. Yes. So we're just going to focus on Freya's birth in this in this episode today. So do you want to start with your journey to becoming pregnant with her? Did you guys plan to have a baby and how did you find out?
1: Yeah, I can't really say that we tried to get pregnant because I think I got pregnant pretty much the first cycle. So we got married in September 2013 and then I found out I was pregnant in November 2013, early November so yeah, I, I knew I wanted to have a, I knew I wanted to start a family so um, she was definitely a planned one and a quick one. so <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah that was that was great. So I never forget the moment I went to the chemist you know about five pregnancy tests and then uh, just waited, had a shower waited in the bathroom to, to see. but I like deep down I, I had this feeling that I knew. It's like something changes in you. I don't know how to describe it. So um, I knew pretty quickly uh, that that month's going to be the month <laughs> I'm not going to get my period. <laughs> it's
0: funny that we know sometimes, deep inside, we know, but then we, we go out and we buy those five pregnancy tests I know, anyway, and not you just have one. to make
1: sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you have to make sure. Yeah. So I felt great. I felt um, the first six weeks, so I found out literally just before I was due my period, so I knew pretty much from day one. And then the first, another couple of weeks, I felt absolutely great. You know, I wanted to eat the healthy salads and I wanted to put all the good stuff in my body and then um, turn week six and uh, morning sickness. I mean, they call it morning sickness, but it was pretty much 24-7. Uh, the nausea was absolutely awful, uh, and all I wanted was like chips, and uh, it pretty much felt like a one big hangover mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> for the next five months or so. Um, so that was tough. So I can't say I was one of the women who can uh, who can say that I loved being pregnant. Right. Um, so the first five or six months were really tough. The last trimester was for me, the best one, uh, which at most cases, I think women will say that uh, the first two are the tough, the, the easy ones. And then the last one is the toughest one, but I had it the other way around. So I felt great the, the last trimester. Um,
0: and how was the care that you got in the UK? How did
1: all of that work? So in the so I was a bit surprised because um, in the UK really you I think you join the you meet the midwife uh, once you week eight. So you go into your surgery and um, to see the midwife at your GP and um, They will start you with a, like a maternity card and um, they check your blood pressure. They just do the standard checks. They ask you if you feel fine. And if you feel fine, then off you go and you don't see them for I think you get your letter for the 12-week scan, which would be anytime between 12, 13, 14 weeks. And then uh, they do the scan, and then also one at 20 weeks, and that's it. And I I thought to myself, I was like, well, why no one wants to know how I'm feeling? Why is like why is it only twice uh, that I get a scan? But then the more I learned and more I kind of like um looked into the whole pregnancy and they, but then I understand why they, why they only do it because they think if the woman feels great and uh, everything's, she's growing and, um, she's gaining a bit of weight, there's no reason, um, for any extra scans. So that was, that was the case.
0: Right. And we, we haven't mentioned this before, but Lucy is a hypnobirthing Do we say teacher or coach? Yeah, Yeah, teacher, teacher. practitioner. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Is this something that you
0: ran into in your first pregnancy? or
1: So that was definitely part of my preparation for the birth. So Mm. I I never really... So my outlook on um, labour was never one that I would be scared or um, it never panicked me that the baby's going to have to come out somehow. So I thought I might as well embrace it and make it a really good positive experience rather than be scared of it so uh, I had a lady who I uh, uh, did hypnobirthing classes with which was absolutely amazing and I also did uh, something called NCT which is like the National Child Trust um, course which was the most standard course that you probably um, can find in Prague as well now. Is that
0: the one that they did in the in the hospitals in the UK
1: like you go yes. once a week yeah, to UK, learn everything. Yes. yeah 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 I think it's like I think it was about eight weeks long course so uh, I think there was like one Saturday and then like uh, six sessions in a weekday for a couple of hours so it wasn't in the hospital they had like a venue outside of the hospital but it was great it was great those classes were great to to build friendships to be in the with people who are going through exactly the same um, mm-hmm. same as you. And I, that was priceless for me. That was really, we had a, such a good uh, little group of girls who, I'm not saying, you know, you make friends for life, but I think at least two or three people really like stood close by and we got on really well and we're still in touch now, even though like I'm in another country. So that's really, that's really nice. And to have that support, The first few weeks or even first few years yeah um it was great yeah so um yeah i'm very grateful that i i did those preparations some people i think um who like i think there are women who just like they're so in touch with their body and they don't need the extra they don't need the extra help or they don't need the women around them but i think in nowadays um I think more and more women want to, want to have the, the support, you know, people have their families and stuff like that, but there's nothing like having a woman who's going through the exact same thing as you are. Right. You know?
0: Right. Exactly. At the same time. Yeah. Would, would you talk us through what hypnobirthing is?
1: so basically it's got nothing to do so i think lots of people get a misconception about uh, that even you get hypnotized you won't remember anything from your <laughs> from your birth and then you're just going to wake up and you're going to have your baby in your arms but it's a lot about there's a lot of it's lots of different little techniques so like uh it's a lot of focus on your breathing on um, on the importance of the words so for example when um so I'll give you a great example. So when we turn up in the hospital with Freya and um, the nurse said to me, oh, you're only four centimetres dilated. And because I was in the zone and I thought, like, I don't care how many centimetres, I'm just like here and I'm having my baby and I'm happy. And I looked over to Andrew's face and I could just see his face was like, oh my God, just four, you know, just four, because mm-hmm. like everyone's got like the ten in their head and it's like, oh, you know, that's gonna be a long way. And the 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 what I'm trying to say, the the words she used, because she said only, you know, it can like only, oh gosh, you're only four centimetres, rather than like saying, Oh my god, you're doing really well, you know, well done. Um that that's what can have such an impact on a woman who's um who's uh like in such a you know she's such a vulnerable at that's at that moment when she's having her baby. So, um, I think Hebrew is a lot about the use of words uh, the environment about having a calm environment and having the things she being surrounded by things you love. Um, yeah. Be in like, be in um, touch with your breathing and just listen to your body. So there's a lot of, lots of different little techniques, which then you put together and then they help you, they help you massively. Uh, once you actually, well, once you actually do it, and lots a lot about um, visualization as well. So breathing and visualization, visualization I think are the main main points of hypnobirthing.
0: Yeah, and you can use it for any kind of birth, right? If you yeah, having definitely. a baby at home yes. or a cesarean section yeah, or anything, absolutely. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. Let's talk a little bit more about it. A little bit later but let's jump into the to what birth you were planning for did you have any any wishes for your birth
1: so for, uh, Freya I think I think because in the UK it's set it's a very different setup to the Czech Republic so when um I had the option to I've always wanted to have a water birth so I knew that was one thing that I I'd really like to do uh and luckily in the uk there are hospitals where you are able to have a water birth even though you're in a hospital environment um but it's very private so even though you're not in a private hospital you still have your own room you um i'm not saying there's like a pool available for everyone but then again not everyone wants to have their (coughs) baby in the water and also sometimes i think we feel we might want one thing when we are in labor but then actually when it's actually happening we want the complete opposite. So um, it's just individual, really. Um, So I, even though I did the hypnobirthing, my choice was hospital, not a birthing centre. And uh, if you ask me, I can't really tell you why, maybe it was subconsciously, I thought, oh, it's safer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, uh, one thing I think I was going to mention is that in in the UK, you are full term at 40 weeks, and um, I was five days early with Freya. So she was due on the 30th of July. And um, I went into labor on the 27th in the night. And um, I was due to go uh, to have a sweep on Monday, I think. And um, I think they sweep basically, they don't tell people much. I don't know whether people are aware what sweep is, but that's when they um, basically it's a vaginal examination and they put fingers up your vagina and they just kind of it's very uncomfortable it's not very nice thing to or it's an unnecessary procedure especially at the stage I was in so I'm not exactly sure how it works in the Czech Republic but it's a it's a kind of it's a type of induction basically so and in in hypnobirthing they basically see that one in, in, in like one invention like leads onto another So I think because of my mindset, I I was like, oh, I don't care if I go for another two weeks over my due date. But um, on the 26th of July, Anton and I, we were invited to a wedding. So I was still, you know, I was like, yeah, let's do it. I was, we were driving in the car. It was so hot. I swear to God, it was the hottest summer in the whole 20s. I was there or 15 back then. (laughs) So you were driving to London and I had like my feet in an ice bucket so I can actually put my shoes on when we get there. And then uh <laughs> no, it's, like, it's like I said to Andrew, like listen, I am wearing heels. Like I'm not going to a wedding in flip-flops. And uh, so we got there. I think I lasted about two or three hours. But I felt really good. I felt, you know, they say before you have your baby, you have like this wave of energy comes over.
0: Right.
1: So um so I I enjoyed the wedding, then we got back home, had dinner. Uh, went to bed and then about half past I think half past quarter past one in the morning I went to the toilet and um, I was like hmm this is weird it's like the water started to come out so like in my head I had like that all of the water will come out but it wasn't the case it was just like little trickling so I said to Andrew you know I think the baby's coming and he was like oh my god are you sure you haven't yourself and I was like I'm pretty sure <laughs> it feels a bit different so yeah. uh and it was just a really steadily progress so I just stayed home uh, I was really quite calm I used the tense machine uh, uh but I found with the tense machine um that it got quite um it started to irritate me after a while so I think I had it for about two two hours but then I just took it off and I um called the hospital. And they were like, Yeah, we'll have you, we'll have you in. So we drove into the hospital. I was like on my force because the thought of like sitting down was like I couldn't think of sitting down. Yeah. And uh so I got on the back seat and I was like on my force, just breathing through it, um, through the contractions, which they were not uh, they were not too bad at the time at all. And we got to the hospital, um, they told me so then again, like, I was on the autopilot, and instead of saying my wishes that maybe I do not want a China examination, but because I was in a hospital environment, uh, I, I let them do it. Because at four centimeters, you are you are considered to be in an active labor. Anything before four centimeters, they send you back home, and that was the last thing I wanted really to get to the hospital and then be sent home. So I was lucky. I had a really nice, really nice um, midwife, and she was like, "Oh, we just keep, we just keep you here." So there were there was no pools available at that time, so they ran me a bath, and they offered me paracetamol, which I was like, "No thanks." Uh, so then I think I was four centimeters, about half past four, half past five in the morning, and then I stayed in the bath literally till half seven, and it was just really helping with the. With the surges, with the contractions, it was really soothing. And by the time I got out of the bath, which was like a couple of hours or so, I was eight centimeters dilated. So I was progressing really well. It was just really steady. And um, in the UK, then then they take you to a private room with the with the pool, and. Uh, at the eight centimetres, I have accepted gas and air. So I I had a gas and air for, I think, two two or three hours. Not all the time, but when I needed to, um, I did I did use it. And Andrew was with me at all times. So just quietly sitting. And we had our music playing in the background, which was great. Um, I think it's such a, it was so nice that the, They were also able to like, there were no lights. There were no bright lights. And the midwife was absolutely amazing because she was there when I needed her. But most of the time she just left us to it.
0: Just to clarify, in the UK, you give birth with a midwife unless a doctor is needed. That's correct, right? Yes. Okay, just just to
1: clarify. So yeah, midwife is like the, yeah, if there's obstetrician, you don't really want him there because you know things going wrong. So with the midwife, that's just like, yeah, they, yeah, they're amazing in the UK, I have to say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was left with this lady and I was really, really lucky because I had one person throughout the whole thing. So sometimes you have to, you know, they swap shifts and stuff like that. So I've planned it really well. So I, I had one, one midwife through the, through the whole thing, which was about six hours, I think, all together. So, my whole first labour, I think with Freya, was um, 10 hours from start to finish, which for first labour is pretty good. Yeah. I've been told. I've yes. been told. So, uh, so um, I think I had about two or three hours in the pool. And um, when I was talking about importance of the words, I just remember being in the pool. And I think I was getting a bit tired then. And I was holding on to the, to the edge of the pool. And I was on my fours. And then I just remember the midwife saying to me, um, it was about 11, I looked up at the clock and it was about 11 o'clock. And I was like, I just really want my baby now. And she was like, we're gonna have a lunchtime baby. And see that what I mean about the use of words that really gave me that, it gave me that like the strength to like, yeah, I'm gonna have a lunchtime baby. And I was like, it's an hour and a half, you know, I can do this. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And then she was born 12.15. Oh my god, I'm getting emotional talking about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I haven't thought about it for so long, mm. and uh, you know she was Sunday baby, and Sunday roast is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And she was like, and she was born on my friend's birthday as well. I mean, like it was perfect. It really was mm-hmm. good. Great. So um, with the with the water birth, I mean, I would recommend it to to anyone. I think the way it helps with the with the surges, it's it's pretty cool. And um, I don't know about Prague, but I think it's pretty pretty way off, unfortunately, to have a uh, pause in the hospitals. But I, I've heard that there are possibilities to go outside of Prague and have a, a similar experience, like a, a birthing centre. Yeah. I think there's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple of birthing
0: centres here. And I... When I registered for a hospital for my second birth, I went out to Rakovník, which is like 45 oh, yeah, yeah. minutes outside of Prague, mm-hmm. and they had birthing pools there. And I, they did tell me that I wouldn't be allowed to give birth in the pool, but I could labour in the pool. I don't know if that's changed oh, right. now, but but they did definitely have beautiful birthing pools and stuff. Yeah, there.
1: yeah,
0: yeah. That's so I know it exists. Yeah. Yeah. But you gave birth in the pool? Freya came out yes. in the pool?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah I called her out, like, I literally called her in my arms. That was pretty, yeah, pretty special moment. And, um, like, the also with the, like, the crowning when the baby's head's coming out and then you go through the transition stage, stage when you start sounding like a cow and the mooing starts, but it's not, there's nothing... You know it's so natural it's like when your body takes over like it's so impossible to to describe like when people ask um oh how do you know when you're gonna push how do you know when what what you what you need to do but if you just let the body do what it needs to do it's just incredible what the what the body does when it's allowed to do it without any interruption
0: yeah. Um, we, we talked about this, you and me yes. uh, on a different occasion, just this mowing sound. Um, yeah. If, if you've never given birth before, when I was pregnant, I was Somebody told me, Oh, you're gonna just moo. You're gonna make a really lo- like low noise, like an ohm. And I was like, No, I'm not. I'm not gonna moo. What are you talking about? That's, that's hysterical. And you did, you know? didn't you? And yeah. I did. And it was, it's like, the, it's the best. It's like using your yeah. vocal cords to yeah. you know, release your jaw, to really, like, it's just yeah. all connected, you know? And yeah, I don't yeah. know. So I would definitely recommend mooing in birth. Oh, moving
1: is <laughs> amazing because I'll tell you what they say. They say, if you have a soft jaw, you have a soft pelvis so that's why it's like if you all tense and you all it's just not going to work you need to you need to relax you need to kind of go with it uh but it was really funny because when they were like wheeling me out of the room where I had Freya and I was going past another another room and then I just heard the moving and I was like this is amazing she's so close (laughs) you know (laughs) it's just like you recognize it you think like oh yeah that's that's a good she's nearly there. Yeah. So I, I remember that. Yeah. But then they le- so when when she was born that she was straight on my chest. And then um I think they left me there for as long as I as I wanted really and before they re- waited for the umbilical cord to stop pulsating. So um before before we cut uh, before Andrew cut the cord so uh I think it was a good forty-five minutes after that that I was still with her, be able to with her in the pool, maybe half an hour. I'm not quite sure. And then um, I got out of the pool with her, and uh, I have to say, and I I put all this down to hypnobirthing. I do not want to like promote it or anything like that, but I, because of the breathing, because I went with it, so I had, I was thinking like they'll be stitching me up, but I had no stitches. So that's like that's my proud moment. <laughs> But a brown moment but um then the placenta was gonna come out which uh, which I completely forgot about because I was in like such a such yeah. a delirium <laughs> so yeah. thinking like, oh. and also she's a redhead so the not only, I have I just had a baby but um, you know I've got dark hair dark eyes olive skin so I was expecting mini me and then there she was a little redhead because <laughs> so I was like honestly if she didn't come out I would not believe she's mine yeah I am and, a redhead uh, too and I'm not a redhead like, either it's yeah. it's
0: funny isn't it
1: <laughs> yeah I mean like and she was like she was she was quite jaundiced so she had like this stash of um, red hair and she was really joined it so and she just looked like she had a nice tan you know she no. just came out <laughs> uh, but then we had like they still kept hair on me so in the UK there's like they don't really take the baby away from you to weigh it. They don't weigh baby. Like they don't weigh babies in the UK. Um, they do measure them eventually, I mean, before you go home. But it's not something that's. Um, they do. They no. They don't weigh them. They don't weigh them straight away. Um, oh, well, don't They do weigh them. They don't measure them. Oh.
0: Yeah. It's something like that. I think, but they, they leave baby with you. It's not yes, like the first yes. procedure to take the baby out of no, the womb. she to weigh was on me. Yeah. No.
1: no. Or wash them or anything like that. Yeah. They, you know, the longer they keep the, uh, the stuff on them, the better for them because it's like, it, it's so good for their skin. Um, but I think Andrew had her, it, she was on Andrew's chest while I was um, delivering the placenta and um, So that was because I had, I forgot to mention, I had a fall when I was seven months pregnant and I hit my tummy Mm. and I was actually in the hospital in the Czech Republic. We were here. I was seven months pregnant. And um, so when I did deliver the placenta, because of this fall, the placenta had a really funny shape. So, I mean, it was perfectly intact. It was like, there was no, it's so important that it comes all out. So you don't have, um, you know you can't get an infection or it's quite dangerous when the bits of placenta stays inside that's not good it's not good um so they kept the placenta uh for the students to observe for observations but i have to say when the placenta came out it was the only time i saw throughout the whole thing because i just did i didn't realize how huge the placenta is right it was massive yeah. It, it was really big and it was like it was like doing it all over again. Um it was unexpected, but it was quite good that it was unexpected because you know, it was over really quickly. Yeah. And then then it was just bonding. It was just like I just remember staring at her for ages and you pretty much left to it. Um they put you in your room and you can have visitors pretty much straight away. So I just remember and like later on that day because she was born at lunchtime and I'm pretty sure about maybe four or five Andrew's mum came to see us and his like Izzy uh, my stepdaughter and they were just able to hang out with us in the room and um, but what's most common in the UK if you have your first baby you likely to stay the first night but you don't have to no one's gonna make you uh, but because of Freya was jaundice, we stayed for one night and the next morning we were off home. Uh, so that's very different to Czech Republic because what I've heard or what I know is that with vagina delivery, you have to stay for three days. And if you have a C-section is the whole seven days, I think you have to stay.
0: Yeah, I think I've heard a little bit differently, but I think the mit- the least I've heard is 5 days, but I guess it makes sense if you have a scar and you need some support mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: Sure. Mm. Uh so yeah, so we were off home the next day. Uh and the breathing like they do make sure uh they give you some tips when it comes to breathing. Um I mean not breathing, sorry, breastfeeding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to learn how to breathe all over again. Yeah, with the baby. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's all different or game changer. And when we got home, I just I felt really good. So I done um I know like I got home and outside the front door, friend next door, next door to me, they had a baby two months before us. So she prepared like this cushion like that you sit on for the first I don't know how many weeks and all these like creams to like Arnica cream. To help you with healing and i was like what's this for and uh (laughs) as i "I didn't need I, i didn't need it i just really felt i felt good so i just have positive positive things to to say about um post post delivery i think the the one thing that i wasn't expecting after we got home that you can have things like if you start doing too much too quickly uh, for example, because I felt good, but obviously my body has been through such a like a major marathon. Like even though I felt good, um, so we I went shopping. I think the second day uh, with my stepdaughter, just fruit shop, nothing, nothing major. But I came home and I started having blood clots. So I went to the toilet, and this like massive chunk of blood cloth came out, and I was like, wow what is it and um so we went to the hospital <laughs> they were like pick it up from the toilet and bring it over so i did uh because they were worried it could be a piece of the placenta uh so we turn up at the hospital they they checked me over and it wasn't and these blood causes that can be quite scary uh so i'd say uh take it easy like even yeah. though you feel great like you can run a marathon again I'd say just listen to your body and yeah. and rest. I mean, I'm not saying like stay in bed all day, do stuff, but it's yeah. important to give your body a break.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's very it's a dif- difficult one because I think most most mums that give birth have this sort of surge of energy afterwards. Mm. Yeah, this yeah, like I can. High. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Then, and during that time, I remember like after seven days with my first son, mm. I started doing ashtanga yoga, you know, like, like, <laughs> like an, an idiot, if I may say, you know, yeah. <laughs> because it's a month later I was exhausted.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Because you're on such a high, that you're on such a, you know, it's such an adrenaline, isn't it? Like you feel like you don't need sleep and oh, was so amazing. And then all of a sudden... Like six weeks comes, and you're like, wow, I've not slept. Because I have to say, neither of mine are amazing sleepers. Like Freya has been much better, but I can't say they slept through like from day one. That's definitely not been the case. And uh, breastfeeding, it took a while. I think for the first five days, um, she was hardly eating, so in the UK they they let you they let you home, but then day three or five, or maybe three and five, I'm not sure exactly. A midwife comes in. It's usually the same midwife you had through the pregnancy, but because Freya is a summer baby, people were on holiday, so I had different people each time. But um, she came, and Freya wasn't eating, and um, obviously the milk was like building up in my boobs. But she was not taking it, and it, so it took us a while. And uh, I remembered that I was thinking it was like day five or six, and I was like, "You've got to start eating." And they keep telling you like because they can go into such a, especially if they've been jaundiced, they can just get used to like not not feeding, and uh, like they just sleep and sleep and sleep. So they keep telling you in the UK you have to like feed them every two to three hours. But then once you kind of like get into grips and you just, you know, like you have your instincts, you just, you know, as a mom, um, you know, when the baby needs you or when when they, they just, I think you, like you're in tune with the baby. So when Freya wasn't like taking it, uh, my boobs were starting to get really sore. And now I started to like have mastitis, but I caught it really early. And I got like this advice. I got. I keep telling it to every pregnant woman: um, leaves, cabbage leaves from the freezer, uh, and just like put them on your boobs. It drains your extra milk, all the excess milk. It drains it out, and it really soothes it. Um, and I was starting to get, get fever as well because if you once you get an infection, it's really hard to get rid of, and it's so unbelievably painful um but dead night it's like she clicked clicked in and she started feeding in the night and that was amazing That's just I can still remember how that felt yeah um so cabbage leaves from the freezer it's uh <laughs> like definitely handy if you just had your baby I'm gonna you might not that need it for your yeah for
0: your show notes page <laughs> frozen cabbage leaves I've heard yeah. that one too amazing. I never struggled with it so I don't I didn't have yeah. to use it but um I've heard it. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that that was a that was an amazing advice that I've been given. Yeah. Um, and then from then on, really, we just we just go on with it. And uh, I don't know whether we've been really lucky, but she has been like a textbook baby. Like she um she's been feeding well, sleeping. Like, I mean, like compared to like other stories that I've heard, like she's been she's been really good. <laughs> yeah so the whole can't say pregnancy's been like my highest point, but giving birth definitely was yeah
0: wonderful. So, wonderful. is there anything else you'd like to share? any other references or anything that you used during pregnancy or birth?
1: I think there's a website that I'd like to share, but I can send you the details. I don't know. it's called um a spinning baby website, and it's for a yeah. It's an amazing website because I think, I don't know whether uh, it was a friend of mine who, she's been told basically that her baby's uh, like back to back, that it's not turn, it's not head down, and she's gonna have to have um, the procedure when they try to force your baby to turn over. And it's really quite invasive. Yeah, it's really invasive. And uh, the thing is, even if they manage to do that, there's a 50% of the babies, if not if not more, they flip back because it's just the position they want, they want to be in. And also the babies can turn very last minute. Um, so the spinning babies website is great because it gives you all the tips on, you know, how not to sit, how to sit, how to move to help the baby naturally. And uh, we did it with the hypnobirthing, uh, just lying on your side and basically by just rubbing your belly, and just uh yeah it is a lot about relaxation just you know you helping you encouraging the baby to move um so that's a really good website and then i have some breastfeeding ones as well that i can send to you
0: definitely and we'll be sure to put all of that on your on your show notes page and i think we should also put there um you are doing hypnobirthing courses here in prague in oh uh, yes mostly do you do them in check yeah. ever uh not yet no <laughs> <laughs> you probably could if somebody I, asked you though right I, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah I
1: could yeah yeah,
0: yeah of course yeah. I could um and do you want to share
1: the details to that as well oh uh, yes yeah, so my website is um www.hypnobirthingbuddy.com um, mm-hmm. great or an email email address, my, yeah, it's Lucy, l u c i e at hypnobirthingbuddy.com. But please just if you have any questions just drop me an email. Um, you know whoever wants to. I'm more than happy to to answer them.
0: Yeah, great. Or you can also send a a message to to me and I'll I'll forward them to Lucy as well if you need. Great. So thank you so much, Lucy, for coming and sharing your first birth story. I'm sure we're going to get back to hearing Harry's story on a later episode as well. (laughs)
1: Great. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks again, Lucy, for coming on and sharing your beautiful birth story with us here today. If you are listening in and you would like to reach out to Lucy, maybe ask her about hypnobirthing or taking one of her courses or just maybe asking her any questions regarding her birth, then do feel free to reach out to me at the 9 months Podcast at gmail.com or of course you can go and visit... Um, Lucy's website which is hypnobirthingbuddy.com and I will put that on our show notes page today as well so you can find it on a later occasion if you'd like to share your story on the podcast don't hesitate to reach out to me and we can for sure make that happen so have a wonderful
1: week ahead guys see you next week